Blog Talk Radio. McCain, and I'd like to welcome listeners to the Paranormal and the Sacred Radio Show. Our show was created to provide an open-minded platform that welcomes the gifted and extraordinary thinkers from every walk of life and circumstance. Please follow the Paranormal and the Sacred on Facebook for upcoming events and special speakers from around the world. Uh, we're always translated into many different languages for people that are listening outside the country. And the call-in number tonight is 619-924-9744. And the Paranormal and the Sacred airs every Friday night, 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Uh, during the show, I can take questions in order in chat, and you may call in with your questions and speak with our special guests tonight. Any buzz killers in chat or on the phone will be kicked out, and uh, I will call you and bug you if you call me and bug me. And so please play nice and be polite. And let's see, I, I think we have our first guest on, and we'll get you on in just a moment. And... Uh, I want to, to remind you to turn it, tune in every uh, Wednesday night to our sister station, Paranormal Angels. And the call number on Wednesday nights is 718-664-6407. To call in and listen, I have special guests. It's my, my very good friend, Marcia Becker and uh, Geraldine Bouse. And they're awesome gals, and they have very interesting and loving shows, and it's really great. So listen on in to them um, on Wednesday nights. Okay, uh, for, for the announcements I have, I just have one. It's December 13th, Ciro International is having our every special holiday Christmas time that we all dress up and have a great time on the very haunted Queen Mary in Long Beach. And it starts at 7 p.m. this year. And the dinner is 59 bucks, and it's, it's really a fabulous dinner. Uh, you have to make your choices soon and pay up soon, so... Go to www.cerointernational.com and just press the donation button and uh, leave your name there and then contact uh, Yvonne Smith. Uh, she's coordinating the whole thing and uh, you can make your dinner choices there. Now, I want to introduce my first guest tonight. Um, his name is Lynn, Buch- Lynn Buchanan and uh, he is the Executive Director of Problem Solutions and Innovations, which uh is a company that he works for and uh, has retired. Okay, he's retired. I'm, I'm messing up this stuff. Anyway, before his retirement from the military, he had been a member of the U.S. Military's Control Remote Viewing Unit. And that's our, that's our focus tonight is remote viewing, and it's a subject I'm personally very interested in. 
And uh, he uses the methods highly controlled scientific-wise, and um, it's very accurate. Anyway, so he was both a, a trainer and a viewer for the military, and he's going to tell us about that. And uh, he has his bachelor's in psychology, his master's in social psychology, and his master's in linguistic psychology. He has written two books, uh, The Seventh Sense, and it's a book about the U.S. military unit, and uh, Gravity Can Be Your Friend. It's a book about life and police work of our future. So that sounds very, very interesting. So I'm actually going to get Lynn on here. Hello, Lynn. You're live with the Paranormal and the Sacred. Welcome tonight. Well, how are you tonight? I'm doing uh, pretty good. Good. Go ahead. Oh, I just wanted to thank you for uh, considering me for your program. I've been looking at your stuff and and uh, listening, and you're doing some fine work here. Oh, thank you so much, Lynn. I, I really appreciate that encouragement, and I just keep going no matter what. And uh, I got a little tongue-tied tonight. I don't know why, but um, I'm really impressed with your work and, and your <laughs> books, and I, I did find them on Amazon, so... If you're interested in his book, so please go there, and I highly recommend it. And I'm going to actually uh, feature them in our uh, book book club too. So anyway, um, Lynn, why don't you start like from the beginning, just to let us uh, get to know you a little bit, uh, you know, where you grew up and things like that. Okay. Uh, basically, my dad worked for the railroad, and we I, we grew, I grew up just. You name it, I, I've lived there for a week at least, you know. And mm-hmm. um, um, then <clears throat> uh, when I graduated from high school, went into the military, got into guided missiles and uh, the computer systems that uh, run the guided missiles. Uh, then I had a 12-year break in service before going back in as a uh uh, German, Russian, Mongolian, Spanish, and um, uh, several other languages, uh, linguist. And uh, an event happened when I was over in Germany, stationed over there. Um, I've had PK events happen with me all my life. And mm-hmm. uh, an event happened where I got just absolutely flaming mad and um and and one of our uh listening post field stations went down and uh, anyway it was the event was witnessed by an intelligence officer who went back to DC and told the uh, head of the intelligence services what he had seen uh i guess about 6 months later he came out and uh, um, I don't know how many of you have seen the movie The Men Who Stare at Goats. Uh, yes. Uh, yeah, George Clooney played me in the movie. Yeah. And, oh, that uh, was you? Yeah. Uh, and um, the scene there where the general calls Lynn in and says, you know, did you kill my computers? And Lynn says, yes. That grin that shows in the movie is exactly the same grin that went over the general's face, and he said, far, deleted word, out. (laughs) And uh, he said, have I ever got a job for you? Well, he took me back to D.C., and uh, he wanted to build a unit that would, first of all, 
destroy enemy computers mentally, and uh, with the final goal of uh, controlling what goes on within the computer, so that you know if if they fired a missile at us, we could access their computers and either dump that missile into the ocean or turn around and send it right back at them or whatever. And um, Congress had been caught in the 60s doing mind control experiments on American citizens, and this smited to them as mind control, and so they wouldn't fund it. So there I was. You know, I didn't have an assignment. I was there in D.C., and so um, General Stubblebine, the the general, uh, took me out to Fort Meade, Maryland, and put me into the remote viewing unit. Excuse me. Uh, When they read me on and I found out what they did, I thought, you know, this is a joke. Uh, You know, the military's using psychics, and, and I thought that's... You know, I thought maybe I'm on candy camera or something. But Mm -hmm. then I started watching them and saw what they were doing. And they were doing amazing things. And, um, you know, they said, uh, excuse me, they said the methodology that we use can be taught to anybody. And so I said, well, teach me. And um, I just took to it like a duck to water and loved it. And uh, by the time I had been there um, uh, just a few years, I became the trainer of the unit. And um, basically that leads up to my retirement. When I came home uh, after my retirement, uh, it was a couple of years before they um, declassified the whole thing. And when they did, I started getting all kinds of calls for training uh mainly from from government offices and uh and that then went over into the civilian sector and I've been training and um doing work for police departments businesses and all that ever since and that in a nutshell is um me <laughs> well it's just it's really fascinating I didn't know that you were uh, that guy from that movie and I just knew that uh, you were very gracious in coming forward with me, and uh, I find the topic and your manner uh, amazing. And is, is there anything that you can tell us about uh, that you were involved in while you were in the military? Can you talk about any of that stuff? Well, yeah, most of the, uh, well, all of the things we did were trying to save lives and trying to collect information. <clears throat> uh, I've run into a lot of people who think, um, yeah, um, uh, during the Gulf War, we worked on the plans and intentions of the military and political leaders over there, Um, uh, Saddam Hussein, and, uh, you know, what his intentions were for the next day of battle and so forth. Uh, The guy didn't stand a chance uh, because we knew ahead of time what he was going to do. And... um, of course, the thing is, the information that we provided went into the intelligence boiling pot and got mixed with all the other intelligence that was collected, um, spying the sky satellites and everything else. And so there was a lag time there, and, uh, you know, the information a lot of times didn't get there in time. A lot of times it was 
canceled because too many other things appeared the other way. But uh, more more often than um, than some people like to claim, we saved lives and uh, you know saved the lives of not only our soldiers but their soldiers as well. I mean, they had families to go home to too. And uh, uh, Grenada, uh, minor skirmishes, uh, we also collected information on uh, scientific developments that they were doing, um, uh, new weapons that they were developing. Uh, One of our viewers uh, predicted the minute they would roll out the Boomer submarine uh, the largest submarine in the world, and uh, it had been a total, absolute secret. No ground agents could get to it anywhere, and he not only described the submarine before it was rolled out of the manufacturing plant, but also told exactly when it would be rolled out into the ocean. And uh, by that time, they had enough belief in us that they actually diverted a spy-in-the-sky satellite and got the only picture of the Boomer submarine uh, before it went into the water. Uh, It was the only picture that was um, collected of the Boomer submarine for years. Um, We were were tasked with all kinds of military, political, scientific developments, uh, things like that. You know, basically anything that the government wanted to know about foreign governments, foreign military, and so on, we we got tasked for it. We were never tasked against U.S. citizens. Uh, Congress, uh, you know, you've heard the the phrase, it'd take an act of Congress to do that. Uh, In our case, it actually would take an act of Congress to have allowed us to uh, to collect intel on any U.S. citizens. So, uh, you know, but if you weren't U.S. citizen, man, you were fair game. <laughs> yeah, um, okay, so you, um, you were trained as a remote viewer. How long did it take to train you? What was the, uh, first you had um, to have an open mind about this. Oh yeah, you have to, um, and and I did because I had had these PK events and psychic events basically all my life. Um, but uh, the first day of my training, uh, the trainer at the time took me over into uh, the operations building, and we were sitting there he and I alone in the room, and he said, I want you to look around the baseboards here, and I want you to look around the top of the ceiling and all that, and look at the walls and everything else. And when I did, he said, no, I want you to understand something. I don't care what the world says or what the world does or how it reacts. In this room, it's okay to be psychic. And years Mm -hmm. of, you know, years of hiding the fact and years of of just um, everything just fell away and all of a sudden I just knew this is where I need to be. Uh, My training then, yeah, it was. 
my training then uh, took about eight months, uh, you know, working uh, eight hours a day, five days a week. Uh, this is a science, and uh, it's it's not just a thing where you sit down and say, just let it happen. The control, we, what we had was called controlled remote viewing, and uh, it's basically remote viewing that you have total control over. Uh, many psychics now call themselves remote viewers, which I find to be sad because psychic is actually a very honorable word. But uh, um, one of the main problems is that they have either zero control over it or the good pins have minimal control and all that. The controlled remote viewing that we learned was developed in the laboratory and uh, was, you know, deals with the workings of the human mind. And it's it's actually a mass of tools. It's not psychic in itself. It's a mass of mental tools that allow you complete control over your psychic ability. And so that's where the term controlled remote viewing comes from. You're never a controlled remote viewer by the government or anybody else. It's your remote viewing that is controlled by by the viewer. And uh, it is an amazing thing. I mean, you can... Uh, uh, it's it's been shown in fact in tests that you can view any spot in the world down to like 10 feet and uh if you zero in on a special target uh you can remote view a document and copy it uh you can remote view a circuit board lay it out you know and so on and mm-hmm. um and once you get to the advanced stage of of the training and experience, um, uh, most people just explain it as miracles. <laughs> uh, the well, human mind it is, is it's, so it's great. amazing. Yes, it is. Uh-huh. I'm very but attracted to The human mind has this. so many abilities, and uh, and you know we don't use our abilities. You know, they say you only use 10% of your brain. Um, From what we found out, I would tend to say one-tenth of 1% of your brain. Your brain is so capable of of miracles, really. It's it's amazing. And I like what you said because uh, you said this one uh, little quote here. this work was originally done under a program called the Assigned Witness Program. So when I first looked at it, I went, Assigned Witness? Okay, the name came from the program about, uh, by chance, when you were working with an investigator, and, he, and you asked the investigator what information was needed most. And the investigator replied, well, what we really need is a witness. And then you said, no problem, and we can assign one. And for the first yeah. time, the investigator, real, yeah, the investigator realized the scope of this new tool and asked, do you mean that you can assign anyone to actually witness something that's already happened? And he said yes. A, a trained remote viewer, yes, uh, or, or a trained CRV or uh, controlled remote viewer. 
if they're trained and experienced, then sure, we can do that and uh, get all kinds of information that can't be gotten any other way. Now, the investigator still has to in- investigate the information that we give, uh, but it opens up so many. It has opened up so many investigations with simple new knowledge and telling a, a detective or an investigator how to look at the crime scene with new eyes, how to how to understand what went on as as opposed to what it looks like went on, and so on. And, uh, yeah, we work as a tool for the investigator, and we never, ever go in and say, you know, we did this and we solved the case and all that. Um, mm-hmm. In fact, we tell the investigators that um, uh, they should never tell anybody that we worked for them. We don't want the credit. The only We work pro bono. The only thing we ever ask for is a department baseball hat or a coffee cup for each of the viewers as their little trophy, you know, and and you find the remote viewers who do this work. Um, Somewhere in their home, there's going to be a shelf or a a bookcase or something that's just uh, has a shelf lined with baseball caps and coffee cups. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. So... Now you're saying that uh do you what is, what is what do you mean by PK? What do you uh, saying? PK is psychokinesis and um um since I was about 12 uh any time I get angry something falls apart I <laughs> you know uh pieces not people but pieces of equipment uh malfunction and so forth and um uh, uh, for me to get angry, something around me is going to break and all. I was um, I was at the World Trade Center on 9/11, and uh, oh, for the next about that. yeah Go for ahead. the next year I just flat burned out uh, 12 computers, uh, um, not on the average of one a month, but you know sometimes two a month and. Some computer would live for maybe three months, and then I'd blow out three of them. <laughs> but uh, uh, do you wear a watch? Yes, I do. Uh, okay. Now, <laughs> now. Uh, okay. Uh, yeah, I couldn't wear one before, but uh, yeah, now I do. And uh, you know, after about a year of just misery and our televisions blowing out and light bulbs blowing out and computers frying themselves, I I finally just decided, you know, I've got to have a serious talk with myself here. And I realized that uh, one incident at at 9-11 caused all of this, and uh, it was this guy who came struggling out and was just covered with cement and, and everything. And I started to go help him, and a cop stopped me and said, no uh, uh, qualified personnel only are allowed in here. And so I backed off and didn't go help the guy. And it finally dawned on me after a year that I had survivor guilt. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. and, you know, that survivor's guilt is a real thing. And uh, once I came to that understanding, I came down 
quit blaming myself and uh and everything's been fine since uh but it took that year yeah a year to you know sift through your feelings it's just uh i i i did not know you were at nine one one um I have had this gift all my life, and I've never been trained, so I'm very interested in eventually getting training or whatever and uh, but so I've been have you know see things or or things like that before they happen or see things across the other side of the world. Time and space yep. doesn't seem to matter when you have this, so I'm totally That's untrained, right. so it just comes kind of comes to me, you know, so meaning. I'm supposed to know something for some reason, but I was actually at a meeting uh, one night, and uh, we were all, you know, sharing and talking and stuff like that. And then when it came my turn to talk, uh, I said um, that sometimes thousands of people die together, and yeah. because they're because they're <laughs> martyrs, God gathers them up to Himself like flowers, and they go straight to heaven. Mm-hmm. And everybody looked at me, and I went, "What did I just say?" And then, of course, the next morning was a nine one one thing, when it made yeah. perfect sense. And I had been drawing a picture for two weeks before that, that was because I started seeing in the east uh, a sun with rays going all over the whole sky. I mean, there was no yeah. uh, like blueness or anything. And I kept asking everybody, "Do you guys see this sunrise?" And they just said, "No, we didn't see it like that." And uh, that's why I started drawing the picture. So um, then, you know, it's on my office wall to this day. But um, yeah. I didn't know you were there. It was a profound, had a profound impact on me. I mean, yeah, that. yeah. Well, me too. You know, uh, and we were walking around and uh, listening to the news because the restaurants, that you know, Manhattan was closed down, and um, the restaurants had the TVs going so that people in the streets could hear them. And the news was just wrong. They were reporting things that never happened, and it was such bad reporting. And um, the one that still gets me today, um, you know, they say people jumped out of the 50- and 75-story window and all that. Uh, They didn't. What actually happened was they held on to the window sills until their arms burned off and they fell. And okay. you know, nine eleven yeah. was actually so much worse than people than the public has ever been exposed to, I think. Which it may be a good thing. I don't know. I don't know either. Uh, I know I was supposed to get into New York at four o'clock, uh, well, at about three o'clock the day before because I had a presentation to make that evening. And uh, getting from El Paso to New York, um, just one plane after another broke down. I'd get onto the plane, they'd make us deplane, and you know the plane would just break down and all. And I couldn't figure out what it was. And somewhere, I think, inside of me, without my conscious knowledge, it knew, my mind knew what, I was headed for, you know. Right. And uh but <laughs> but three planes broke down on the way, on the way to New York. Yeah. <laughs> I got there about two in the morning. Oh my god. I'm just glad that you're alive that you made it out of there. You know, because yeah, we need well, a lot of people, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's 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 uh 
it affects me. It just well, the strange thing about this whole thing is that uh, I lived in New York when I was a kid, upstate in Kissy. Mm-hmm. My my son lives in Manhattan right now, but uh, I remember when that building went up in the seventies, right? Mm-hmm. I think it was the seventies, and then I remember thinking that building doesn't belong there. Yeah. And it just never looked right to me. I watched it for year after year. All these years I was watching it until that happened, and now the the landscape went back to what it used to look like. And it was so strange in my subconscious how that affected me. You know, it was a weird thing to even say, like that that building doesn't fit or something's wrong with the building. I thought that this all these years. Yeah. uh, I've been back to New York several times, but I just... uh... I don't go down there. Uh, you know, it's just, uh, it's one of those, been there, done that, don't want to do it again, you know. Uh, exactly. I just can't wow. mess up down there. I think that it meant so much to a lot of us. And the, But, you know, there's kids been born since then that uh, now they're going to learn about it because they're, they weren't there to experience it. It's, you know, yeah. I guess we've been fighting a war ever since, really. Well, actually, yeah. Uh-huh. Well, and, you know, still are. We're still sending troops over. and uh, Still, still no, is. Yeah, no boots on the ground means, you know, only two or 3,000 soldiers that, on the ground. So <laughs> uh, what are you going to do, I guess, you know? Right. Now, let's go back to your book. And this your book's yeah. called The... Uh, the seventh, seventh sense. sense. Yeah, and I'm reading. I'm reading in the the uh, forward to yeah. Silver, and it says, for those looking for the mystical, and if you think this book is about overmind, the all-seeing mind of God, the collective unconscious, etc., it's not. Granted, those things are probably terribly important, but they're just not what this book's about. And it says, uh, CRV is designed for finding hostages, missing children, solving crimes, yeah. spying on people and countries. Determining the plans and intentions of political, military, and business lead, business leaders. This yeah. is uh, just fabulous stuff. And um, what have you found, like, in your remote viewing um, that kind of startled you? Or well, it must lots be of bad things. things. But I'm saying, what took you? Yeah. yeah. Let's go ahead. Uh, one of the things I think most startling. Uh, there are several, by the way, but along the line of uh, assigned targets that we got, uh, the uh, Russians were inventing this death ray type thing, um, particle beam weapon. Um, one of our scientists, or someone, I don't know who, uh, needed to know what was going on inside the beam. Well, anything you stick inside the beam is vaporized within a millisecond. And uh, and so there was absolutely no way to get the information as to what was going on inside the beam. So someone had the brilliant idea of, oh, let's stick a remote viewer's mind into it. <laughs> and uh, mm-hmm. that sounded really neat to me, and so I volunteered for it. Got into session, accessed that weapon, and then uh, moved to, mentally moved to a time when it was being fired and stepped into the beam and found uh, 
Well, I found a lot of things because, you know, I had a list of questions, basically. But um, I found out that uh, the beam does something really radical with time, and time kept fluctuating back and forth. Um, I would see myself in the present, and then I would see myself from birth to death, and, uh, you know, stretched out along the line of this beam, and then it would collapse back into me and so forth. And the beam itself was just, the the field of it was indescribably beautiful. And uh, uh, when I came back, you know, I reported the answers. But the experience itself of uh, of being in a time, being in a space where there is time and then isn't and is and then isn't and time spreads out, time collapses and so forth. It was a, uh, I think for the first time I realized that everything you ever learned about time in school or anywhere else isn't true. <laughs> and yeah. I finally found out what time was. Um, I think the um, the other one that, I would say was a life changer for me. Um, we were doing a plan, uh, personality profile, and uh, uh, I had been doing personality profiles on all these foreign leaders, and uh, I mean, just really bad guys, and it was really tearing me down because I'd been doing this for like two months, you know, day after day, and I had complained that, you know, I just. I really can't do this anymore. It's getting to me. And I said, give me Bozo the Clown or Mother Teresa or something like that. You know, just just give me a break. And so um, um, we went in uh, this next day, and um, they said, okay, this is a personality profile session. You're going to find the personality of this, you know, this targeted person. And, uh, and, the moment I gained access to this person's mind, uh, I just knew this was an innocent person. It wasn't a bad guy. And it was just, I have never in my life met anyone like this. Um, and just uh, my my first comment was, whatever evil you think this guy did, he didn't do it. And... Uh, uh, we went through the session, and by the inside, by the end of the session, I just felt like I was glowing inside. My total summary for that session was: whatever evil you think this guy did, he didn't do it. The uh, monitor opened it up, and our director had stuck as the target person that day, as Jesus. And uh, having met Jesus on that level person to person and and in that deep and access it actually changed my life uh it uh i can't even tell you how phenomenal it was it just it changed my life really did do you believe did it help you at that point to know that there is a higher power and oh, I've known that a lot. Also, wisdom yeah. people. Yeah, we know that anyway. But at that point, yeah, I've known that know, all along. Like, but it was something you learned in Sunday school. It was not yeah. something you experienced face to face. Uh, 
part of the uh, part of the the process of this, uh, I had already described this uh, targeted person. You give a physical description, then you get into their mind. And I'd already described this person as a little Jewish guy, <laughs> and mm-hmm. uh, uh, and then of course went into the mental access, and uh, it was just phenomenal. But yeah, up until that time, I had known religion as something, you know, uh, you do on Sunday and it's a ritual and it's something you say you are and uh, then go about your life. But um, uh, I think the, uh, I think what happened the next time I went to church, which I think was about three three Sundays later, uh, we always recite the Lord's Prayer during the service. And I caught myself, instead of reciting the Lord's Prayer, I caught myself praying it. And I realized yeah. that I have heard all my life people recite the Lord's Prayer, but I'd never heard anybody pray it. And, uh, and you know, well, I get off that subject, but it changed my life. That was direct contact in a session and uh it's phenomenal. This this whole subject is just like out of a fairy tale or something, you know. It is. It's a it's a beautiful thing and uh I have had you know, several uh things spontaneously happen and yeah. when somebody needed me to do something, I was asked to to do something, is find somebody until tell them where this girl was and uh the other person was working with the military, military uh police something like that and I was the only one that just like the natural calling in you know so yeah. uh I did I I that at that time I can control it cuz I have a mission or something it seems that's yeah. when I can control it and go look and then yeah. when I looked it wasn't good so I had to you know tell her are you ready to hear it you know and oh, yeah uh, you have- Report what you get, yeah. Yeah, because I said yeah. I will tell you the truth, but but can you take the truth? But it turned out yeah. to be down to the exact bracelet she was wearing. Yeah. And, the, and uh, it was weird because they went to the funeral, and uh, my friend asked about, well, was she wearing a, a bracelet, like the friendship bracelet, you tie the knot, and it's brown leather, and then she pulled it out of her pocket. She had carried it to the funeral. Yeah. You know, and it's just strange that... Uh, I'll tell you one thing that happened and give me your opinion on it. So somebody sent me a look for a son. So I, I looked for a son, and then I started seeing, sort of like you're watching an old black and white TV with a little bit of static. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I was uh-huh. kind of seeing it with those kind of eyes. And I was going, what the heck? So I told her, I said, I see him, <laughs> but he's living in a garage. He's with, like, a girlfriend. He's okay, but what's, uh, why am I seeing, you know, the static? She says, oh, he had a stroke, like, three years ago. I said, oh, well, yeah. he's fine, but yeah, he's fine, but he's seeing the world in a different way. I said, don't worry about him, but he appreciates twenty bucks once in a while. You know, you know what I mean? <laughs> and it made her feel so good. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. But what's the experience of seeing it through their eyes? I don't understand that part. Uh, mental access uh, uh, okay. is actually very easy, you know, and you start seeing through their eyes. But uh, one of the things that we found is that with mental access many times you pick up more than you realize and yeah. 
I I was tasked to do a uh, deep plans and intentions, and that's a whole lot deeper access than uh, than you know personality profile where you just observe a person. But um, I had done this on a certain military leader in a foreign country, and um, uh, it was Friday afternoon, got off work, and I was headed home, beautiful fall weather, and, um, you know, just air clear as could be, and uh, I lived 70 miles from the office at the time, and I was driving home, and I was sort of thinking about what am I going to do this weekend, and I'm making a mental list, and I said, okay, I've got to mow the lawn, I've got to you know, wash this filthy car. I've got to kill my wife, and I've got to do some other stuff. What? And I, I said, what? <laughs> and I wait a minute. Back that up. And um, sure enough, that uh, that military leader's wife died under very suspicious circumstances that night, and um, I didn't know that I had picked that up. And uh, so, when I realized that I had picked up something that uh, that really could have been dangerous to my family, I don't think it could. I wouldn't have gone through with it, but it was there. And uh, I just pulled over beside the road, got out, walked around the car, and developed a method called detoxification. And now we teach it to all remote viewers, uh, where anytime you access a person. Just in case you pick up stuff you don't want, you detoxify from that person. And it tells you how to cleanse yourself. You know, you've still got the information. You wrote that down on paper, but uh, you cleanse yourself from that person completely. And this is uh, one of the problems with uh, many psychics who are good and uh, just don't have the control and don't have the detoxification tools. Uh, A lot of people will get groups together and say, okay, we're going to find this missing child. And the good psychics in the group that actually access the child who has been raped, murdered, dismembered, and spread across two miles of ground, they actually experience some of this. Mm-hmm. Over the following months or years or whatever, they can get over that, but you can never get over the memory, and uh, mm-hmm. it sticks with. And uh, this is one of the problems. When, you know, when a student comes to me and says they want to help find missing children, I give them a warning that this is not this is not the you know roses and and. Uh, roses and bluebirds thing that you're trying to do here. This is serious, and it exposes a psychic or a viewer to some really awful stuff that then they're going to have mm-hmm. to deal with. Yes. Yeah, I went through that, Lance. I went through that with my niece. Yeah, yeah it can be so bad. So it was bad, and, you know, what's really bad is that you really know what happened, and then nobody else does, so... You know, and, I had to hear people, I had to hear them say a lot of things about her that were not true, you know. Yeah, and, and people may not believe right. it and then if they find no, they out didn't. that you're right, you become a suspect. <laughs> you know. Uh, yeah, they did that didn't happen, thank God, because 
I would have been dangerous at that point because I loved her so much. And <laughs> yeah. if people didn't listen, you know, and, and they wanted closure. And I said, I don't even know what you people are. I don't even understand what you're talking about when you lose, yeah. you know, a little a 14-year-old. And, you know, she still even had her braces on. But she came to me in a dream and told me what happened to her. So I had to see it all. She showed me. I, my dad did the same thing. And I just wonder why do they, if this is what I'm doing, why do they yeah. show me everything? Yeah, uh-huh. well, I don't again, why. this is the beauty of um, of having con- total control over your session. Exactly. Uh, you know, that you can control the information that you want. You can, you can go in and have total control over avoiding the information that you don't want to get. Or the ex- you can get the information... But avoid the experience, and mm. uh, and uh, yeah, this these tools that we have developed over the years, um, both in the laboratory and in the actual field in the military, you know, um, these things are, are extremely valuable to psychics. Um, psychics have started calling themselves remote viewers, which I think is sad. Because it says that they're ashamed of the word psychic, and uh, shoot, that's that's a word you should be proud of. It really is. Um, but anyway, as a result, a lot of people call themselves remote viewers when they don't actually know that remote viewing is actually a set of mental tools that, if you follow it. Uh, to the letter, you will have phenomenal results, and a lot of natural psychics uh, have just heard the word remote viewer bandied around, and they say, well, you know, I do remote viewing. Uh, Oh, what tools do you use? Oh, I just do it naturally. Well, then you're not a remote viewer. You're a a psychic. psychic. Yeah, and that's a good thing. In fact, that is a good thing. it really is. And in fact, you know, uh, uh, that means you didn't have to go to school to learn it. <laughs> uh, no, but so, you do have the training to control it and use it a little more practically. What, yeah, and that's what the remote viewing really is. It's uh, it's training to teach you how to use your natural psychic ability. And um, back when I was training. Uh, once a year, I would have a class here of good, really talented natural psychics. And uh, <clears throat> instead of teaching them how to be psychic or something, we would come in and I would have a class strictly on the controls to teach them how to control their natural ability rather than have it control them. And uh, and once they learned those controls and they had that ability... I would watch them work, and I don't know how many times I would watch them work, and I would say, man, on my best day ever, I couldn't even touch that ability. You know, uh, just phenomenal work. And uh, you take a really good natural psychic and teach them to control that ability. Oh, it's, I mean, it's, <laughs> uh, it just blows everything Sounds away. Sounds like a wonderful really. thing. Yeah, it is. Yeah, uh, I was I was dreaming um, 
this was a dream. I was dreaming about Africa and uh, many other places, too, like all over the world. And uh, this was so uh, disturbing because people were, like, running all night, and I didn't understand it. Like, by day, yeah. things look pretty calm. By night, people were just running, running, running all night. And uh, I would, you know, talk about it, but then I couldn't understand it. And then I started seeing uh, that reporters were noticed that knew what was going on, and bodies were, like, stacked up like cordwood inside of these trucks yeah. with canvas over them. And it all turned out to be the Rwanda thing. I'll never forget oh, yeah. that oh, when I right. opened the newspaper and saw that's what I was seeing, and it was pretty hideous. And I saw, uh, I saw, I see some beautiful things too, and yeah. uh, but then there were some awful things about the way people around the world, uh, you know, they sacrifice children and stuff. And I was seeing some of that. Yeah. So what I did is that since I didn't know what to do about that kind of stuff, but first of all, I was stunned that people really think that's going to get them somewhere. It'll get them somewhere, but bad, you know. But they think it'll bring them wealth or whatever they're thinking, and it's nothing like that. It's all like, I don't know. Anyway, so I asked God. My phone battery is about to go out. Let me switch phones here just Uh one second. Okay, go ahead. Okay, can you hear me? Oh, yeah. There I am. Yeah. There you are. So, I had asked had to ask God to take it away from me. Then a couple of things more were taken away. Then I started missing it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. So yeah, it, so um, it's better to have the control. I can see the whole point of that. Well, it's it's a natural human ability, uh, and you know if you let it control you, it's winds up in life the same as letting your your hedonistic emotions control you or letting your surroundings control you or letting your situation control you and uh when you control it you can use it for good yeah. uh you're not at its mercy and yeah and that's what the military developed was controls and um most people these days who are calling themselves remote viewers are actually natural psychics, yeah. and that's a good thing. There, you know, there's nothing it makes wrong a with lot that. Of sense. <laughs> yeah, well, not, you know what? What's the problem is? is uh, well, the good thing is that you're saying it like that, which is real. Because I have a lot of listeners that are psychic, and it's good to hear that uh, that it's a good thing when you've been told it's a bad thing all your life. Yeah, well, there's another factor to it, too. Uh, Newbies coming in, discovering their own psychic ability for the first time in life. Mm -hmm. Uh, They get on the the Internet and somebody says, oh, you're a remote viewer. Well, maybe they're clairaudient. Maybe they're, you know, uh, um, maybe they have some special talent. But with this, everybody being a remote viewer, they get funneled into this mixing pot, and it's more confusing for them, and they find so much stuff that doesn't apply to them, when in actual fact, uh, clairvoyance, clair, you know, clairaudience and all that, there is a lot of literature about it that they could be guided to. And, yeah. Uh, 
And so for everybody to call themselves a remote viewer when they're not uh, uh, is is hurting new people coming into the field, too. And so yeah, I hate to yeah. see that, but, you know, terminology well, is terminology, so people use it. Well, it's good that you're giving us a wake-up call so that, you know, we'll understand the terminology and, and what it is. And I think that what they're doing is that they don't really understand. They're seeing, okay, they're seeing things at a remote area, you know, but you're yeah. also, but uh, another thing just came to mind is that we're also talking about time itself, too, that you can see into uh, the past or the future and, yeah. Have you seen mm-hmm. have you seen your own future? Oh yeah. Uh-huh. And uh and accepted it and the fact is that uh I've found out many times that you can change the future. You're not locked into it. And uh and yeah. Um and you know, not only with my own future but with other people's future, you can warn them and let them change their future too. Um but um uh, you know, the thing is that uh, this ability, uh, this ability is just a natural ability. And what remote viewing is, is a set of mental controls to let you control it. Um, but, you know, if you're if you're a dowser, don't call yourself a remote viewer. Call yourself a dowser. That's phenomenal ability. Be proud of it. <laughs> Well, it's important, I guess, to name it, you know, and go by the correct name. I think it's very important. It to, is to actually, do that. Yeah. and this uh-huh. is a good this is a good heads up for everybody, and it's a good reminder that you know to call yep. it what it is, and and then get more information. I, I understand that, you know. So yeah, when, uh, when this first when this first came out to the public, it was splashed newspaper headlines. You know, psychic spies for the military, and. Um, psychic soldiers and all and that's it was never explained what it was and so that's why people who are psychic and have psychic ability started jumping on the bandwagon and saying okay I'm a remote viewer that was proven in the lab but um but you know in the beginning we had tea leaf remote viewers and crystal ball remote viewers and palm remote viewers and Pendulum years, yeah, <laughs> and uh, you know, I I just now I get tell- what you're saying. Yeah, I just kept telling people, be proud of what you are. I mean, you know, your ability is something to be proud of. It's not to be ashamed of, and and try to hide it under some scientific term. Uh, say the term what it is, and let science catch up to you. Uh, Anyway, are you ready for a question? I mean, we have somebody that wants to ask you sure, a question, yeah. but let me, yeah. let me just check what else. I think it's like from uh, okay. Indiana, something like that. Hi, area code 765. You're live with the Hi, this Facebook. is uh, Carol. I'm from Indiana. Yeah. Hi, Carolyn. And How I was are listening you? to your. I'm fine. Uh, good show. Um, Thank I you. have a radio show a on Blog Talk as well. I'm a mother from here in Indiana, but I'm very interested in what you're talking about, Rick, because uh, 
I've uh, had this, Lynn. I, I, this is, this one's Lynn. Lynn's opening for us. Lynn, yeah. Oh, this okay. Is, Sorry, Rick Lynn. Is coming in in about five minutes. Sorry about that. Oh, okay. Well, anyway. I'm sorry, I just saw the headlines, so I just assumed. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. Very good information. I uh, I wanted to know when you were working, so you you basically contracted with the government and had a job where you went in and you were allowed uh, to use your abilities? No, that- no, I was in the military. I was a trained soldier. Uh, well, I was a uh, soldier, uh, linguist, and uh, uh, doing intelligence gathering around the world. And oh, cool. uh, an event happened uh, that got me into the remote viewing unit. Uh, that's I don't know if this is being taped or can be listened to later. Yes, but uh, okay. Um, but yeah. uh, then I was assigned to the military remote viewing unit as a soldier, and uh, uh, learned the methodology and learned the tools and spent eight and a half years there uh, collecting intelligence on foreign countries and leaders and so forth. Oh, that's awesome. I was just on Veterans Today, did an interview two two nights ago with uh, Gordon Duff and Stu Webb. They do military stuff. So yeah. I, had a, I had a question for okay. you. I've had a couple of uh, dreams, and, and they're basically um, pretty vivid dreams that were very... Um, profound Uh um so when i do this when i have these dreams that they're they're uh i can remember them just like yesterday Uh (coughs) and what i what has happened to me is here lately especially i've been noticing it's almost like time is speeding up and now i'm and and i'm very self-centered because in my world it's my world it's my universe so i'm noticing that time is speeding up, or if you will, that it doesn't seem to be as long as it used to be. Have you experienced any of that? <laughs> I'm 75 years old, and it seems like the years are just speeding by. You know, it's amazing that the days are just as long, but the years get shorter. <laughs> well, it and, just seems uh, like that to me, like things are happening super fast these days. It may be because of the Internet, because of the World Wide Web. Yeah, that could be, uh-huh. But it seems it, to me that time, like you're from thought to something actually manifesting itself, oh, yeah, uh-huh. yeah. Uh, it's it's coming quicker for people. Yeah, you know, uh, Sheldrake's thing about the hundredth monkey. You've heard that one before. I have not. Uh, <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, uh, really. Rupert Sheldrake uh, writes about the collective consciousness and uh, uh, morphic resonance that when, uh, um, well, the story is that over in Japan, uh, uh, the monkeys were getting sick because they were, the tourists were throwing food and they were eating the volcanic sand and it was tearing their stomachs up. And um, a park ranger showed one of the monkeys how to wash the food to get the sand off. And uh, on this one little island, and after about a hundred monkeys learned from that monkey, monkey see, monkey do, uh, to wash their food, mm-hmm. all of a sudden on all of the islands north of Japan there, all of the monkeys started washing their food, even though they had no contact with these. 
and uh, the collective conscious is uh, is a very real thing. And yeah. As, yeah, as more and more people are learning the remote viewing, the psychic ability, and how to um, control what they have, how to use what they have, then, yeah, it's, it's you know, we're the hundredth monkey. <laughs> uh, well, I believe you might and, be right. I was uh, just uh, doing laundry and grooming my dogs tonight, and I yeah. thought, I want to watch a site. I want to get on and see if there's a radio show. Yeah. And uh, then I came to this young lady's show. Well, what's, your, and I what's, thought, what's your show, Carolyn? Tell us oh, it's Two Moms little, on a Burrow. It's called Two Moms on a Burrow, and it's about uh, identity uh, theft and corruption, public official corruption and in, in America. Um, uh, so we do a show on that. I discovered some. That's another interesting thing. Some things have came to me in the last two years. I, I used to ha- kind of have my head in the sand. And... Uh, I discovered quite a bit of fraud here in Indiana, and and that 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 discovery should not have happened to just one person. It only it just happened. I mean, what happened was I yeah. found some fraudulent real estate papers, and and the, I just was cleaning out my daughter's basement and found them, and then uh, upon finding those, um, some people that I contacted right off the bat were more than willing to help me. They sent me to find a judge's corrupt file where he's running a foreclosure mill. So one thing led to another to another, and and people have said, well, they've made indications. Well, she she has to have inside information. This can't be. And I'm like, nope, it happened just like that. I don't know why I've been given this information because I didn't know diddly squat about any of this, didn't know anything about real estate. And now... um, it's it's very interesting. It's opened up a whole new area of. I spend ninety percent of my waking hours yeah. um, trying to help it, other people with this. It so will. yeah, um, on the dreams. Um, oh, I've gone blank on on the guy's name. But if you look up lucid dreaming, mm-hmm. um, uh, that is a factor in these dreams that are so crisp and so real, and that your subconscious. Really takes over the dream and uh, and well in the the one dream I was in a shower in Vietnam it, it, there were Asian children all around me and they yeah, were well, they symbol- were hurting symbolic. there was a lot of blood yeah that's symbolic and, dreaming yeah and uh, and I could not pick them up fast enough and they were hanging on to me and we were all in the shower together and I was um, trying to pick them all up and yeah. the blood was going down the drain and it was just really kind of a nightmare. Um, and I'm only, I've just well, had about a, four, I'm sorry. You know Lauren Lawrence, right? She, she's a friend of mine. you got to message me, so uh, let me see. I'm going to get a picture of your number. Message me, and she can, she does, uh, the night, she has the nightmare decoders and stuff like that. And uh, oh, okay. she can give you a good analysis of this, too. Well, I think that I have a past life experience. I was in the Roman Empire, and I remember that I was stoned to death. So, um, well, that was a long time ago that I had this. But my mother always raised me. She worked for the military, too. She worked uh, on the missile heads during the Vietnam War. She had government clearance. But she used to teach me things on, like, how to to take flight outside of my body to relax at night and how to do these things and she believed and she we read books on ESP and yeah. she seems to think our family is uh prone to these these uh perceptions or 
whatever you want to call it, this ability. Now, believe, the one dream that I really... Is, is passed down. You know, um, Miss Carolyn. Uh-huh. Yes. Hi. I'm going to have to uh, hang up because I... Uh, or else you're going to be on hold, but I have... Uh, I have to get Rick on here pretty soon. Oh, that's I okay. Go ahead. I'm, I, I thank you okay. for your time. All right. Thank you, Miss. Yeah. Do you I'll, want me to call I'll stay you listening. Just uh, mute me out. Okay. Look okay. up Lucid Dreaming. Okay. I will. Lucid Dreaming. Thank you. Lauren Lawrence, too. Okay. okay. Thanks for Carolyn. Well, Mr. Lynn, um, I need to have you back on here. An hour isn't near enough to talk to you. So, uh, well, I thank you for having me on this one. Yeah. I'm, I'm very happy, and thank you so much for uh, coming on and speaking with us. And you can get his book, uh, Seven Cents, on Amazon. And also, I'd like to have you uh, come back, and uh, like in okay, February, could, would you uh, be ready for me? Uh, sure, yeah. And uh, let me know me. when. Uh, could we give my web page too? Yes, go ahead. It's got give a lot of information. information. Yes, okay, it's uh, CRV. I E W E R C R Viewer dot com. It's very simple, and there's a lot of information. There's a lot of um, explanation of remote viewing, uh, question and answer page, you know, and uh, terminology, um, uh, analogies that show the theory behind it and everything else. So uh, it's a very informational page for anybody who's interested in it. The C R Viewer. Dot com. C R V I E W E E. That's it. Uh-huh. Dot com. Easy. Okay, Mister. Uh, I'm gonna see you pretty soon on Facebook because I'm gonna I'm gonna message you and get more information and we can talk deal. about getting you back on. Thank you again for having me on. You're very welcome, and God bless. Take care. All right, you too. Bye bye. Okay. Bye bye. Okay. So um, that was Lynn Buchanan. And his and he has his books on Amazon, uh, Seven Cents. And also, I Steve uh, calling now at six one nine. Steve, I don't know who Steve is. Anyway, Rick Wade, can you please call in six one nine nine two four nine seven four four, and uh, I'll pick up the line when I see your number. But anyway, I can see he's in a chat, and uh, I'm just waiting for him to call unless. Steve, you want me to call you Steve Rick? Rick, are you going to ever forgive me because I keep calling you Steve? I don't know what your middle name is or if you know it's Steve, but anyway. <laughs> Rick, call in. <laughs> or I can call you. Hello? Okay, let me get your number. Let me see. I'm going to call him in, but you know, sometimes I get dizzy trying to do three things at once. So the call number is 619-924-9744. Rick, call. Okay, let me, I got to, he wants me to call him, so let me find uh, Facebook real quick. This will just take me a second to do this transition. I'm going to go look for his number. It seems to have X'd out. Hold on a second, please. I'm just getting this number. 
Thank you for waiting, everybody. We've got too many things open right now. Taking it slow to log on everything. Okay, hold on, please. Let's take me a minute to. So everything's in my message box. Okay, so let's see here. I'm trying, people. Taking a long time to open things up. Okay, I see it. Okay, so now I'll be calling. Oh, wait. There he is. Um, is this Rick Wade? That's me. Hi. Hey, what's up? Sorry about that. I don't know. That's all right. Uh, I know. You've been very busy today. Oh, it's just nonstop. I have, you know. I have four kids, so like they have Christmas shows and all kinds of things going on. We've got gymnastics tomorrow, selling the house, house being sold every day. <laughs> busy, busy, busy. Wow. So uh, you have a very, and besides having a real life, you actually have you know a very interesting life going on with all your endeavors and your new book. Why don't you tell everybody uh, about your book and? Okay, well, um, I wrote a book called My Paranormal Journey, One Man's Obsession. I wrote this book because I was so obsessed with the paranormal that my wife was very worried about me because I was not sleeping uh, very well. I would go out around midnight and do research and get back home about 4 or 5 o'clock and then get an hour of sleep, get up, and off I would go to work. So she was really worried. I was really obsessed with the paranormal. And the reason why that was was because many things were happening for me uh, that kept my attention. Lights were turned off. Lights were turned on. Things were moved. Doors were open. Doors were closed. Audio recordings were amazing. I was getting great EVPs. I was getting direct connect EVPs, which is pretty amazing to get nowadays because you'd ask a question and get a great response. So, um, you know, just like the other side wanted to keep me interested or they knew I would walk away and never uh, keep up in the paranormal field because my mind goes 24 hours every hour Every minute of the hours, I'm going, I'm going, I'm going. If you don't keep me interested in it, then uh, I'm going to walk away and, and figure something else that will keep me interested. So that's what happened to me in the paranormal. There was just so many things happening that I could not um, walk away. I had to stay there. And every time I tried to walk away, the energies kept pulling me back, giving me something new, something more exciting to keep my attention. And then... Uh so I, I liked it. I liked your book, but I've only read just a little bit of it because I didn't. I don't have a hard copy in hand. But uh, you've had many experiences in your life. Yes, I've had I've had all kinds of experiences in the paranormal, um, and and the actual when I started seeing things, um, I started uh, having a lot of experiences in the seeing things. Whenever I started seeing things, I started reading people. Um, 
I thought, you know, hey, you know, if I can see these things, you know, if I can see objects or see, you know, certain things that they liked or disliked, that maybe I can help somebody with this. So I started doing reading boards all around the country, um, doing uh, asking people if I could read them or if I could see things around them. And that's how I started doing it, and I started training myself to uh, connect with other people's energy uh, or buildings or places. Or uh, I actually started doing past life readings. So I would start doing readings on past lives, and I could read people's past lives. And on the past lives part, it was connect with their current life. So uh, it was just like I was seeing their current life in a past life and connecting them to a certain individual or place in time that I had no knowledge of. But that connection still connected with their current life. It was like they was replaying it back in the 1800s or 1700s or 1300s. So it was really interesting how the things all connected. And when you put them all together, it just really was freaking people out because of all the information that was coming through. Yes. So do you – okay, so I have – there's a uh, past life regression. Her her last name is – oh, her name is Lorraine Flaherty. Flaherty? Have you heard of her? Mm -mm. Lorraine Flaherty. Okay, so – um, she says even that you can have you can have future life, so it's not a regression, like it's a progression that you can see future lives. Have you ever seen that? Future lives? Yes. Is that what you said? Yeah. Like I wasn't yeah, even I aware see. that that was possible. Oh yeah, you can see future things. I've seen many future things. Uh, matter of fact, I um I usually whenever I see future things, somehow it's always connected to bad things. Uh, I don't know why that is, but I used to do visions on my uh, reading board. I used to do visions. I would go up there and do a vision uh, every day or every once a week or something. I'd do a visions, and I'd write down what would come to me. Um, and one time I sat down and, and I I get names, I get voices, and I hear audio and I see. And one day I, I posted, um, I saw three people that was going to pass away, and the third person didn't pass away, but the other two person, uh, the other two people passed away right in in order the way I explained it and how it would happen, and it really kind of it kind of shocked people, and they kind of like uh, told me, hey man, you got to be careful doing that stuff because people will think that you're part of it, or that you caused it, or had something to do mm-hmm. with it. Which is, you know, far fetched, you know, because you know I live uh, thousands of miles away from these people, so there's no way I could have any connection. But still, they said you got to be careful on that stuff and don't post so much negative. And they, to them, it's negative that I can see mm. whenever a person's going to die. But uh, you know, I just thought it was a cool thing to be able to see that. You know, and if I could have got the information out to the person that actually was going to die, would it help, or could they have done something different, or you know, I don't know. If they could or not, but you know, I started seeing things with actually uh, <clears throat> missing people, and I started seeing things with uh, future events that was going to happen, like the Batman thing where they end up shooting all the people in the actual theater. I had information about Batman. I kept seeing Batman, Batman. And I said, "There's something." Yeah, I said, "There's something's going to happen," and two months later, it happened. So you know, I mean, I can actually do that right now. I could actually probably do that tonight. Sit down, do my business, and see things ahead of time. But at the same time, it scares people. And a lot of people don't like that. Matter of fact, I'm in a town where the per capita, I mean, there's more churches in my town than there is in the whole United States for people. Where, where do you so, live? Um, uh, I can't say that. Okay, don't say it then. I can't say <laughs> that because see, if I say that, 
That's the whole thing. I can't. See, people don't well, even know about me in my town. God. They don't know anything about okay. me in my town. Uh, because if they did, I don't know. I probably would have well, See, they don't do me. They don't me because, you know, I have so much history out there. Um, you, if you type up my name, Rick Wade, and you type up psychic, or you type up Rick Wade mm-hmm. missing people, I mean, I'm out there doing all kinds of readings yeah. I've been doing for the last seven years. But uh, you you know, a lot of people, they think that this is not a positive thing. You know, a lot of the Christians are people that, you know, believe in the Bible. They have an issue with it, and they feel that, you know, that a seer um, is not supposed to happen. Uh, there's not supposed to be people that can actually see. They think it's a negative thing or a bad thing, and that is not true. I think they're just not educated enough on, the, you know, what a seer really is or what a seer does. Uh, and that's, you know, that scares people. A lot of people are scared of something that they're not connected to or understand. And that's a big issue, especially in the area where I live. Oh, okay. So, um, okay, your book is called My Paranormal Journey, One Man's Obsession, and it's available on Amazon. And also, you are also a radio show host. And your yes. your show is on psychic phenomena. Well, basically, what sure. it is is it's called. Okay, it's called speakradio.com. Go ahead. Yeah, You're on Monday nights, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Let me plug you a little bit. Okay, go ahead. Okay. Yeah, go ahead. So, uh, yeah, so I'm on Mondays through the eyes of a seer, uh, 8 o'clock. And what I do is I usually have, you know, different uh, guests. I'll have a psychic or a medium, or, you know, I'll have authors. Or, uh, you know, actors, uh, singers, whatever, uh, you know, I, whatever I can connect with that really wants to be in my show. And then we just go through, you know, and I ask some questions. And, and a lot of times I'll pick up stuff on people. I will read them during the show and see things about them. And then we'll just go on from that point. But, yeah, it's an interesting show, uh, which uh, I'm pretty proud of. Uh, but, yeah, I, I, uh, I enjoy just love talking to people and I love connecting with people and communicating. I just did a show just a few days ago where I I read for an hour uh, which was really, really good and helped like five people. So, you know, it's, it's a positive thing whenever it does happen, whenever I read people. Yes, it's wonderful. So um, did you develop you, or did you develop what you have or you have it as a gift or both or um, how did it start happening? Well, it started happening. Started my actual reading. gift, <clears throat> my gift actually started happening whenever I was doing audio recording and what happened, I was doing these EVPs, and I was getting all this negative energy coming through, uh, getting all these, you know, talking about evil and devil and stuff, and he called me a demon one time and stuff like that. So it was kind of creepy stuff that was coming through. And then um, I ended up seeing Bibles all around, and it kind of changed my mind on what I was doing. This guy come up to me and told me, say, hey, listen, you know, you shouldn't be doing this. Stop doing what you're doing and get right with the Lord, basically is what he was saying. So I stopped doing the actual audio re- uh, recording, but then all of a sudden I started getting visions and I started seeing things. And what I did, I took a recorder, and I would still keep my recorder, and I would tell what I'm going to see in my next job site because I went to like 15 different jobs around the state. So I would see what's on my next job site, and it got to a point where I was hitting almost to 90% accuracy on what I was saying on the audio recorder. So I was pre-seeing where I was going to, uh, like like a premonition. Uh, what I was going to do. I mean, I was actually getting audio, too. It got to a point where I was saying to myself, I'm going to walk in this lady's house. She's going to tell me, let's go down in my dungeon. And then I would go to the house. I'd walk in there. She said, let's go down in my dungeon. I was actually hearing the exact audio that was being said in the future. 
of strength. So the same thing happens to me, and uh, I didn't realize it was happening so much, that, but one time I was observed doing it, and I had just come in the house, and my friend was sitting here waiting for me, and she then the phone rang, so I answered the phone, so I was talking to whoever was on the phone, and I hung up. And my friend is uh, kind of a skeptic. Anyway, she said, I just saw the weirdest thing I, I never thought I'd see. If I didn't see it, she said, I wouldn't believe it. She said, you were having a conversation talking to yourself when you were walking through the door. And then the phone rang, and then you had the exact same conversation that was on the phone. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. And then to be observed doing it, then I realized, do I do this all the time? Yeah, well, you do do it all the time. But you're, you don't realize, you don't, you think you're talking to yourself or something like that, but actually you're kind of acting out what's going to happen next or something. Very strange. Right, definitely. And, and there's some cool. very talented people out there in this world. There's some very talented people, and a lot of the very, very talented people that can actually do some amazing stuff. I mean, I'm talking amazing stuff, to where they can actually go and look at an appliance and actually touch it and turn it on without even plugging it in. So there's some very amazing, talented people out there that Have stay hidden. Have you seen somebody do that? Know. Huh? Have you seen somebody do that? Have you seen somebody do that? Oh yes, I, I have a friend, but he is silent, um, and he can actually touch a car and turn it on. But they are silent people, and they stay silent because they do not want the problems that would happen if it got out to anybody else. Definitely. And um, yeah, so they yeah, they don't and, want to be exploited. Oh yeah, and that's exactly what it is. People would go nuts over it, and and there's I've actually talked to some really good people and even in, in my book uh there's a gentleman that's in my book um he's a spiritual leader um and his um master they call him master or his um his uh higher person that was there before he became the higher person was able to levitate he was able to stick things through his body and not one drop of blood he was able to go underneath the ground just like houdini and stay underneath there for like a certain period of time he would always go up against Houdini's, what Houdini used to do, and blow him away and do it twice as better or, or, or stay longer. And and he and his name was Hamad Bey, and he used to do that. And his uh, successor was uh, uh, Davis uh, is his name. He's in my book. And even some of those people, they are so – they would go alone, these very talented people – and some of them could actually sit in the middle of the room and change the color of the aura of the room. They could change it to orange. They could change it to red. They, it was amazing how this stuff could happen. So there's some very talented people out there. There's some healers out there that will blow you away. They'll touch a kid and heal them like that. Boom. Because they're out there, but they stay silent because they need to mm-hmm. stay silent. Or they could be hunted down, or they could be killed. I mean, there's some crazy people out there. There really is. It, it's uh it is. It's phenomenal because, I, of course, I, I know many of them, and uh, we're also seem to be coming together in a way. You know, all of us are start a meet, meeting each other and supporting each other, and I just think that's great. I'm, I'm just, uh, it's just strange that it's all happening because somebody did. You know, our uh, our guest that had called in and um, she was talking about uh, synchronicity in her life, and uh, Carol is her name. First show is two moms on a on, in a borough on a borough. But anyway, uh, she was talking about the synchronicity of what's happening, and I do believe that. I think we're all like meeting each other, supporting each other, and a lot of us have this same talent. It's 
it's very strange, but it's a great thing, I think. Well, if you think about it, um, you know, whenever I first started this about eight years ago, seven or eight years ago, whenever I was on the web as a reader, there was very, I mean, there were some people out there that were readers, but they kind of stayed out. They didn't want people to know they were a reader um, until I came out, and next thing you know, pretty soon after a year I had done it, there was like more came out and more came out. It's kind of like I kind of helped people to open up help people to go up and say, hey, you know, I, I see this now, or I see this now, or, oh, wow, okay, well, I'm connecting here. So after I did that, pretty soon, boom, it was like everywhere I looked was a reader now. There was a reader here, a reader there, a reader there. Even in my group on, on, on Facebook, um, when I first started out there, a lot of them wouldn't even come out and read. They would stay hidden, stay hidden. Then finally they started opening up, slowly coming out, slowly coming out. And I'm telling you, there's a lot of great readers out there, but they just don't want others to know. They're scared. They're scared in their own town. They're scared because there's so many people that are against it, which they should not be against it because it is a positive thing. And if you're helping somebody, why the heck is that a bad thing? You know, if you give somebody joy, if you bring happiness to somebody that's lost a loved one, just one word or one extra thought that maybe that loved one had for that person, what is wrong with that? There is nothing wrong with that. Yeah, um, no, there isn't. And plus, it could be of help just to uh, talk to somebody, I believe is there are a certain amount of fakers and liars and kind of rip-off people. Because uh, my mom was always going to... I remember a lot. A big part of my childhood was actually sitting outside on a porch when my mother would be going in with a reader or, or uh, a psychic and stuff. And uh, most of them uh, were... I don't know, my mother sort of got into voodoo or something. She was doing something crazy. Anyway, so uh, until she went to actually a real psychic, and that was, he is really old school, and he's out here in L.A. His name is Barry Lane. And when she went to him, uh, that is uh, what really he told the truth. She would only tell me part of her reading, you know, but she didn't heed anything he said in there. So, you know, it's, uh, you know, you've got to listen. You've got to be able to trust who's talking to you and that uh, they're not charging so much that it's just outlandish. You know what I mean? Well, well see, I don't charge uh, for readings. Um, a lot of people tell me to charge something because they feel that you need to exchange energy, and that they feel that that is exchanging energy by offering somebody offering you money. Uh, to offer you money to help for your service or something. They feel that's changing, um, exchanging energy. Uh, I don't charge, and I haven't charged. I might have charged a few times, maybe 10 bucks here or something, and I didn't mm-hmm. want to do that. But, you know, a lot of people will force money on you and make you take it. So, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll take it, no problem. I understand that. But uh, you've got to understand that these people out there, there are so many of them out there that, um, and I know that some of them are fake, um, you know, or maybe they're not fake. Maybe they just don't understand their gift. Maybe they are gifted, but they just don't understand it, and they think they're more gifted than what they are. You understand what I mean? Because I've actually been on many reading boards, and then, you know, you'll see which ones are the good readers because they will hit at least 75% on everything that they dish out. And whenever they're doing right. that, then that's a really good reader. If you got somebody out there and they hit once in a while, they're really not a good reader. They're just throwing stuff out there. And I'll tell you one thing. This one lady was doing a reading on this one lady on one of these websites, and she said, listen, mm-hmm. I see you're going to be having a baby in the spring. 
Um, and it's going to be a little girl, blonde hair, blue eyes. But she didn't know that the person she was talking to was an 80-year-old woman. So, see, um, and, and, you know, that kind of hurts because when you have somebody <laughs> seeing something like that, well, and she's an 80-year-old woman, she can't have no baby. Um, and uh, so, you know, it kind of hurts that way because you know, a lot of people, yeah, they want to be psychic. They want to be a medium, and they want it so bad. And I wanted it so bad. Whenever I first started, I had I did not believe in psychics or mediums. I'll be honest with you. When I first started, it was just about my EVPs, getting audio voices. And whenever I came up against a real medium that actually connected with a dead person that was in the mm-hmm. home, and I got the audio that confirmed everything she said, it blew me away. It really blew me away. Wow. There's no way. There's no way she would know that stuff. And she did it. She did a great job. So uh, that changed me to say, hey, this is real. And you know what else? This is really funny. I watched um, – I was going to be on the Montel Williams show – that was part of my – I got a I date him. for the Montel Williams show, show to see um, uh, the, the lady psychic that just passed away. Um, what is her yeah. name? The Sylvia older lady? Brown. Sylvia Brown. Brown. I had an appointment to see her on the Montel Williams show, and um, and, and she ended up uh, – Montel Williams ended up doing something stupid or something. I don't know. Something happened where they did something where they ended up canceling the store show or something, and they canceled it right on the date I was supposed to be or something. I was really oh, kind of like, okay, well, this is not meant to happen. So uh, something yeah. happened. I don't know what the what the show or something, but they end up canceling the show for something or something. I don't know. But anyway, so that's what happened. Um, but uh, I was supposed to see Sylvia Brown, and um, and um, and it just didn't happen because uh, it probably would have changed and ruined my life at the time because I didn't know what I was doing, and uh, it was just kind of oh, sad. Oh, I see. At yeah, time, I, I didn't see. understand things. Didn't know what I was doing. Um, so, um, you know, and I would have been brought out in this community, they, they would have thought I was a nutcase. You see, nobody does any ghost hunting in this right. community. Nobody even does anything. I say 85% of the people go to church every Wednesday, every Sunday. So, um, it's kind of scary. Kind of scary. So, uh, um, so, it must be in the Bible Belt then. <laughs> I can try to look. Yeah, I, uh, no, I don't want to locate you, but I, I, I want to leave your privacy, but there was something else that I read about you, you had come from a huge family. Yes. Right? Yes. I think you have about, there's like 12 or 17 of you or... Well, honestly, my mom and dad met later on in life when they were in their, like, 45, and they decided to have me. So mom had 10 kids, and dad had 10 kids. So I was one of 21. Wow. So I'm one of 21, so I'm a baby on mom's side, and I think I'm I'm the third youngest on dad's side. So I think he had eight uh-huh. at the time or something. But either way it goes, I have 20 brothers and sisters. My God. So do you guys do family reunions or anything? Yes. Uh, well, see, my family are old, very old. So on my dad's side, uh, there's only one uncle left in the whole family on my dad's side. And on my okay. mom's side, there's only one uncle left on the whole family. So all my aunts and uncles are all gone. So, and the thing is with family reunions now, the younger version of, the younger kids do not do the family re, uh, reunions like the older people used to do. So family reunions are slowly dying in certain states and certain places because nobody wants to do it, nobody wants to put the time in it. And it's kind of sad. Yeah, because it's always that, you know, that one person that is the the, the middle wheel that keeps it all together. 
you know, and when they go, it doesn't seem like people pick up after them, you know. Right. It's just sad. This is the reunion is how you get to see, you know, your third and fourth cousins and so-and-so and, you know, but I but I still know a lot of people uh, that are still having these reunions. You know, they come from all over the United States. And plus, we've all spread out so much, you know. But right. I, I know some of these reunion, I think they do it a couple times a year. There's so many of them. And they come from a big family like you. Yeah, and there there's some families that do that, you know. But my family line is slowly dying off to where they just, I mean, I've had family reunion with my brothers and sisters, and really only one or two shows up. So it's kind of it's kind of okay. sad, you know. Nobody just wants to make the effort, even though they live in the same town. They just don't want to make the effort this to come out and do it. This is the same town. I, oh, I thought. Yes. Well, some I don't know. People change, you know, and uh, I find that a lot of families are are splitting up. You know, everybody's going their own way, and uh, that's sad, that's sad well, too. Because I really miss miss part of the old uh, times. Is I'm missing. Uh, my family and seeing everybody, you know, seeing all my uncles. I have a million uncles. I have about, I don't know how many first cousins, millions of them, 50, 75, I don't know, lots. That's the Greek side. Well, you know, my mom was born in 1925. So, see, she was, she was, uh, and she died in 81, but she was born in 25. My dad was born in 25, I believe. So, um, yeah. And my grandma and grandpa, they were born in 1898, so uh, wow. that's a long time ago. <laughs> so they're, well, they're pretty started, old. You, yeah, you started your own side of the family, though, because you have, you know, four great kids. And you look too young to have well, all those kids. Well, I have six kids, actually, and uh, uh, five grandkids. Wow, that's amazing. You have five grandkids? Yeah, my youngest I have is three. three grandkids. My Aww. my youngest is three, and then I have a eight year old, uh, no actually a nine year old, eleven year old, sixteen year old, twenty eight and twenty nine year old. Wow, that's amazing. I do have a great grandson also. I think that. Oh wow. I think we're the old people now. Of what we used to think we're the old people, but I don't think we accept it very well. <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> we don't want to be the the old ones leading everybody around. I don't. I don't know. Oh yeah, it's kind of awkward oh, yeah. because I'm almost the same age as my daughter. My mother's young, but uh, my mom is 79. I'm 62. My daughter is 46, and my first grandson's 26. And then my middle grandson has a baby, and that wow. baby's three. So we're five generations wow. right now. I know, and wow. we're so close together that um, it's just kind of of gotten a little peculiar recently. Because my daughter is pitching the fishes. We're going to be senior citizens together. I said, I know, it's very awkward. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. But anyway. Uh, And, you know, the thing is I have tons of nephews and nieces and great-nephews and nieces and great-great-nephews and nieces. So uh, it's crazy. I have a huge family, but uh, just not my you know my brothers and sisters had had a bunch, and then their kids had a bunch. And because a lot of my nephews were older than me, because my mom was pregnant at the same time as three of my sisters. They're all pregnant at the same time. Wow. Yeah, that's when it gets strange because my daughter, my sister number five, because there's five of us girls. My sister number five is pre- is almost 
only two years difference between my daughter and my last sister. I think she was an aunt when she was two or something. It was kind of ridiculous. But then they're all friends now. But anyway, I just uh, find that your family is also interesting. Did they have gifts like you? Did you guys talk about this stuff? Or See, my mom was a reader. She could read coffee grounds in a coffee cup. And then my brother could read spoons. And then my sister could read holding objects. I think others were gifted, too, in the family. They just chose not to really do anything with it. And I think my sister Arlene was really connected to dolls. Um, And I'll tell you a story one time. My mom did not like her dolls because she protected those dolls like they were babies. So one day, my mom was mad. And Arlene wouldn't answer because she wasn't upstairs, but she thought she was upstairs. So she went upstairs, going upstairs, and she ended up getting a scratch on her arm, and it bled. And she looked up at the edge, and there was a dowel. So she really, truly believed that my sister was able to communicate with those dolls because she would talk to them daily, every night and day. She loves her dolls. She still loves her dolls. She has now, them you all, mean, everyone. You mean, are you saying dolls? Yeah, a doll, like a, like a doll, you know, like a Barbie doll or something. Oh, dolls. okay. I thought you were saying a doll, like a doll, sir. You're saying doll. Yeah, a doll, yeah. Oh, man, doll, this was a doll. different story. This was a... I was on a different story. <laughs> yeah, but so she had these these dolls. Uh, so maybe I'm just not saying it right. Dolls. I've <laughs> just got a little hillbilly accent. Maybe that's what it is. I'm, no, it doesn't sound like that. I just couldn't figure out what you were saying. So it's, it's dolls. Right. You say dolls. So um, yeah. So she had these these, these dolls. And um, she really loved them, and she still loves them to death. So she uh, and and I think my sister at one time actually read was reading witchcraft books. I think she was reading witchcraft books. And I think my ancestors back in the day were called witches because they actually had the ability to move things by by their mind. And a lot of people didn't understand it, so they kind of you know uh, put them off as witches. But you know they really wasn't witches. They just was gifted. I had an uncle that was able to heal. By the touch, he could take away the pain. He couldn't heal it, but he could take away the pain. So let's say, uh, you know, because I was in the woods and I was running barefooted because I never, ever wore shoes in Kentucky, and I cut my toe on a piece of glass. And I went back in the house, and my uncle um, came up to me, and he held my hand, and then he said a few things. He touched my foot, and he took away the pain. The pain was actually gone. So, you know, we had healers in our family, too. But they stayed only in their little community. They didn't really go anywhere else because, you know, they knew. And they were very religious people. They went to church every every Sunday. And, and, and I mean, they were a big church. Uh, my 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 father, uh, stepfather was uh, a preacher, and I used to go to church all the time and singing all the time. And, I mean, it was just a beautiful time in Kentucky because that's what it was. There was nothing to do but go to church. And and there was a yeah. very beautiful churches down there. The churches down there were amazing. You walk in there, you get chill bumps because they're so amazing. It was just like, oh my goodness, it would just knock you down. I'm telling you, it was yeah, amazing. And, and there, and the religion is not a a uh, quiet, reserved religion. It's very emotional and really loud, and you know, very much preaching and a lot of food to eat later. And you know, it's 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 a whole world. You know, it's it's a really and, and, and when they get the Holy Spirit, I'm telling you, yeah. when they get the Holy Spirit, there's people coming there in wheelchairs, and when they get the Holy Spirit, they would just jump up, 
for joy and run around like they were five years old, ten years old. It was amazing yeah. the energy when these people, and we know for a fact, could not move out of that wheelchair. But they did it, and I was blown away. I'm like, oh, my goodness, screaming and hollering. And, and uh, they got the Holy Spirit. That's what they went by down there. You know, They got the Holy Spirit, and they got them up and went through them. So it was pretty amazing, I thought. Yeah, it sounds like you, you had a great childhood, and you really enjoyed uh, living in the area. And, uh, you know, it's just really wonderful. So um, do you do, like, re- regular re- readings as part of your show? Uh, my show, what I do on my show, I can do all kinds of stuff. So I, I do a yeah. variety of different things. What I'll do is, like, like I'll post on Facebook, okay, I'm going to read 10 people this, this this show on Monday, post your name on here. And what I'll do is I'll mm-hmm. take a hat and I'll put the 10 names in there and I'll pick out whichever person goes first. And I'll read that person's first name. That's all I need is the first name. And I'll read their energy and connect to them and offer information on my show. I've done that many a times yeah. on there. Or I'll remote view places and buildings and and do uh, like paranormal investigation. They'll go out and I'll offer information. But, yeah, or I'll just have past loved ones call in. Then I'll do past love readings. Um, so, yeah, I do that, you know, on the show too. Uh, so I need to get back into that because that's really where a lot of people come to the show because uh, they're really mm-hmm. wanting to help. The last show I was on, they were so backed up with phone calls that, I mean, they just, it was blowing their mind. Uh, we were just so backed up with phone calls. I only got five in, but they had that many people calling in. But I couldn't take yeah. it because the five, five took the whole, almost the whole hour with breaks. So, uh, you yeah. know, once I get started on something, i got to keep going and give information. I can't just stop in the middle, you know. That's right. And then it wouldn't be polite either because you're feeling like you're making a connection with the person and you want to give them all the information too. Oh, yeah. And you've gotten ex- extremely good uh, uh, ratings on your book. I want to congratulate you on that. And I think you just won an award, didn't you? Yeah, my book won an award um, for, um, it was the Book Awards, uh, People's Choice Awards, uh, People's mm-hmm. Book Choice Awards or something like that. Uh, yeah, so I won that. I think it was September was the month I won. So um, I won that for the most votes for my book. Um, and yes, then um, my book has it has 67 reviews right now, um, and it's slowly getting into other categories. It was just in supernatural, but now it's slowly getting into new age. It's getting into uh, um, uh, religion and spirituality. It's getting into occult. So it's kind of spreading out into different uh, categories now. Uh, when at first it was only supernatural, so something's going on where I, I have no control over it. Amazon has control of that. What they do is they look at the reviews or they look at what's going on and then they can move it into another category. So it's interesting. All right. Are you uh, uh, interested in, in making like any kind of feature films or doing any television work or anything like that? Well, I'll be honest with you, um, right now my kids have to be number one. And right now, I'm going to be taking a break here in, in a couple of weeks. I'm going to be taking a break from all of this because I've been doing it for a year, uh, working like thousands of hours, getting the book out there and reading people. I've read over probably 1,200 people on Facebook in the last year. So, you wow. know, just all this time, I, I want to slowly start giving more time to the family. And I have another job coming up in realty where I'll be a realtor. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm not going to have as much time as I do now because all this time is going to be uh, squeezed out of me, and I'd rather 
um, you know, wait till the kids get a little older because um, I don't want anything happening to the kids. Because I'm telling you, it could be a really bad thing for the kids and for us in our community if, if things went sour. And I, I don't want it to go sour. And that's why I keep everything to myself. Uh, I do reads on the, on the radio or I do reads on the Internet. I never go out in the public and do reads. Um, so yeah. I kind of like, unless I'm away from my town, far away. Uh, but I, I did a uh, book signing like an hour away from my town. And I filled up mm-hmm. the whole room with what I with what I'm doing right now, talking about my abilities and stuff. So yeah. I mean they're they're out there there's a lot of people want to hear what I have to say and they would definitely be there for the readings. If I was to go out and do a show, I'm sure I could pack out the room because a lot of people are interested in that stuff. And if yeah, I can yeah. offer them a reading oh my goodness, I think and the thing is with my readings I don't just I don't just like throw it out, you know, you know, I'm seeing uh uh, this, you know, I actually go directly to a person, and if they want to read it, or they'll come right to me, and I'll connect with them. I don't connect with the whole room. I connect with the individual that's actually wanting to read, or I'm actually connecting with. Um, but I've mm-hmm. never really did it in person like that, so I don't know how to work. But I'm sure I can connect with that individual that's asking. It's the same thing as the radio because they're calling in. If they just offer me a name, then I'll just start connecting. And that's harder to find a reader that can actually connect with a person. Um, you know, they'll say, well, I might be connecting with you or I might be connecting with you, but with me, that isn't how it works. I usually connect with the person that's actually offering the information, which is better. That's better, yeah. The direct connection. Hmm. Yeah, it's called a direct connect, and that, and that's a positive thing because, you know, if you're in a room and then you have, like, six spirits, I mean, I, I, I see a lot of readers will say, listen, uh, I have three people that came forward to me this guy, this guy, this guy. I don't do that. Um, of, of a ladies in the audience, he said, "Can you connect with my son Peter that passed away?" Then I will offer what's given to me, and that's how it works. Um, but I'm not going to say, um, you know, I'm not going to have, um, I'm not going to go up and say, "Hey, okay, uh, you, I feel there's a Peter in the audience." I'm not going to do that because that, that, that's not how my gift works. My gift works is that just you offer, I give. You offer a name, I give. That's how it works. So. I think that's so. Could you be talking about? Could you ask for a reading on a person that you have that's not in the room? Can I what? Can you read a person that's not present? Yes, that's what ninety percent of my reads are. Ninety-five percent of my reads are not present. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, that's how that's how it works. Even with what I did was I did a show not too long ago, and it was one of my top shows last year. Is I had some friends in in um, in Arizona, went to a haunted location, and they had they set this up like weeks a week ahead of time or something, and they had me a big sign out there, psychic Rick Wade is going to be here tonight, and they filled up the room and they had all these people in there that wanted a past love life uh, loved one read, and they put their name in a hat, and then my two uh, friends there, three or four friends that were over there helping me, uh, they would actually uh, pull a name out of there. Uh, and and they offer that person to come up, and then that person would talk to me and say, okay, can you connect with David? And then I would offer what I see, hear, and feel. And then uh, I'm telling you, it was a pretty emotional night that night because there were some really in tears. Um, and then I connected with the actual building, and they asked me if I could read the building, so I read the building too, and I offer what was being shown too. So that was, and that was connecting very well too. So that's just, and it's called a seer. I'm a seer now. To me. 
a seer is a person that can see through another individual's eyes. I think that's what I do. So, um, mm. you know, say, if, yeah, and, and that's what, you know, if you're over in Alaska and you're out in, you know, or in, in somewhere in, in California and you're on the beach and you're asking me for a read, you know, I might pick up exactly where you're at. I might pick up, hey, I'm going to see you looking at the ocean, or, you know, or I'm seeing this or seeing that. So I might directly connect what you're seeing because that's what I feel. And then whenever I do a past loved one, I feel that those memories that you had, I pick up. The memories of the loved one to you, I pick up. The conversation sometimes I pick up. Or, you know, how they died, I pick up. Uh, you know, the likes or dislikes I pick up. And that's how it works, you know. Uh, I don't think I'm directly saying, hey, I'm talking to your Aunt Franny, but, you know, sometimes I feel like I'm connecting with them and I'm talking to them, but sometimes I don't, so I just get the information given to me. Right. So, um, when you, so you're, you're kind of going to go take a break for another couple weeks. No, in, in a couple weeks I'm taking a break. I don't know when I'm coming back. Um, because I'm going to be doing the real realtor job, um, and I don't know how much time it's going to take. Everybody's telling me my time is going to be gone because I still work a full-time job. I have a full-time business, and I'm going to do this on the side. Um, so I'm going to try to put them both together. So it might hurt a lot of my time, and then it might not. It all depends on what happens with the job. If I can well, learn it quick. I, yeah. So you're going to real estate school? So you can get your license. Oh, yeah, I'm actually doing the testing right now. I supposed to. I had to advance oh, cool. it because I keep going. I keep going on Facebook. I keep going on Facebook. I keep reading people. I keep doing shows and stuff. And I don't. I don't put the time in I need to put in. So I keep increase uh, increasing the actual time I have to do the test because I don't have all the knowledge yet. And they won't let you take the test until you've taken every one of the pretests. And I have not finished them because I'm constantly either doing a show. Or doing this, yeah. or doing the concert with my son. I just don't have the time. It's really hard. Yeah, it's very hard, and you're really busy. And um, it's uh, you're having a real life, and then you need to make money to support all the kids and the family. You know, I totally understand it because I work two jobs, and I have uh, well a bunch of side things going on too. You know, but I don't have all the little kids at home anymore. You know, so I still seem to have a little bit of energy to to do other things that I find that are fun. You know, it's just, uh, I agree, you're, you're you're really doing a lot of, of good work. And uh, do you have, a, after that, do you have, like, a project coming up? Well, I have a lot. See, I think this, you know, if I want to see, if I wanted to really go out in this, I probably would do really good. But at the same time, it's my family I'm worried about. And they are worried. You know, they're really well, worried. Your, what is your wife's name? Because your wife well, will tell worried. you. Oh, she she okay. don't want me doing any of this stuff. Um, she's uh, she's scared of it because you know she has little kids. You know she has a three year old, and uh, she wants to protect them. And you know there's some weirdos out there. There really is some weirdos out there that would really be offended what I do. And hostile people, but I don't understand why they're so mad. And, and that's you know, the thing, you know. I, I, I was at a lady's house just the other day, and she was really big on Christianity. And really dogging out so many things that a seer does and and an actual medium does and a psychic does. And I can't say nothing to these people because it's my job. But, I mean, they are so angry with that. It is scary. 
that they're so angry they can hold that much anger inside of them because they were raised that way and stuff. It's sad. It is. It's sad because I don't know where it's coming from. And then, uh, you know, then when you stick your neck out and, and do a show, you know, they at first, you know, I had a lot of trouble with it. I don't have that much trouble anymore because you know what happened? I started fighting back. If they threatened well, me, yeah, I said, yeah. So I started getting. I work right you know, if here, I didn't have kids, you know, so I can get tough if I want to. So I just started. If I didn't have kids, that would be different, you know. I understand. That. I know. You I can't would do too. that, but, but I'm getting old. They can go ahead and bump me off if they want, but you know, but if you have little <laughs> kids around, it would be worse for me because then, then when my kids were little, I was a mother lion. So look out if anybody got in between me and my kids. Let's put it that way. Well, let me tell you a story. I'll tell you a story. Yeah. About five years ago, four and a half years ago, I decided to go on, build a website, and start doing readings for money. Okay, and I was charging at the time fifteen dollars a read, and I think I did four reads on that website uh, at the time. Uh, in one day, I did four reads. So it could have been very, very busy for me, but I I stopped doing it because my son somehow got in the school that I was a ghost hunter. Okay. Somehow I got in the mm-hmm. school. I was a ghost hunter. And um, they teased my son that was a straight-A student. I mean, loved school, teased him. They would, he'd come to school. They'd throw things at him, say, you're a ghost. your dad's a ghost hunter, and, and just give him a really hard time. And this isn't a really, really good school system. Or we're talking like top in the state, this school district is. So, you know, to have that happen to my son and him come home depressed, holding his head down in tears, Really upset, and that's why now they're still upset because even with my journey I went on, I actually ignored my family. It's really sad, but I ignored my family because I was so into the other side, trying to communicate, trying to understand, trying because I was listening to all this audio. I was hearing all these spirits, but nobody gave a crap. None of my friends, none of my family, nobody wanted anything to do with it. Uh, So it was really hard because I was the only one really was – putting all my time and energy in this, and I'm wondering, why am I doing this? Because I was really hooked like a, a drug addiction. And um, yeah. I miss a lot of my son's life. I miss a lot of my daughter's life. I miss a lot of my other son's life. And they have that against me because, you know, one son says, hey, you know, I would be good at baseball if you would have spent time with me. Or I could have been good at basketball if you would have spent time with me. So it's it's kind of sad because, you know, I'm out. My mind was on paranormal research and ghosts and spirits and then it got into addiction with readings, and then next thing you know, I was doing seven to ten readings a day, every day, for like three years, four years. So see, my mind was not with the family. It was helping others. I was helping others, 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 others. It was all about helping others. And then nobody understand, why are you helping all these people when you don't even know them? Why are you giving them all this time when you should be giving your family the time? But it was part of my journey. I had to do this. And that's exactly yeah. what I'm doing now. I'm still giving all this time to all these people. And to me, they're mm-hmm. all my friends. Um, but, you know, it's still at the same time, my family, right right now, they wanted to watch a movie tonight. I said, listen, i got a show tonight. I got, and they're like, awesome. see, now you're doing it again. You're doing it again. I don't, you know, I don't want to be time. part of the problem. <laughs> I want to be part of the solution. You're not part of the problem. But, it's just, but you <laughs> okay, understand what I mean? Yeah. But you understand what I mean, though. And, um, and this I is the fifth show on this week. So, so wow. it makes it kind of hard. It does because they come first and they want you. They want you and they love you so much, you know. Uh, and the little kids look look up to you, and 
It's going to be okay. Because you're, re- you're, re- yeah, you, well, you're reprioritizing now. So, you know, take a little hiatus, you know, and you just uh, come out with something even greater, you know, and uh, uh, just spend more time with them because they're all looking up to you, you know, and it's just that time goes by so fast. I cannot oh, and believe it, and how it's old going my children by. are. Yeah, because to me, my kids are my babies. So. Yeah. Wow. So, you know, just keep it up and do good. And I think writing helps. Because you still you can still have that gift. You know, it's never going to go away. You know, but just put well, it aside. Yeah. So maybe sculpt out some time to set aside just for that. But then the rest is for your family. You know what I mean? What do I need to do? I need to build back trust. Yeah. I need to build back the trust. I need to build back, hey, Daddy's here with us. Daddy doesn't have anything else on his mind. Daddy's going to be there whenever a daughter asks him a question and really go over my head and I give her a response correctly. You know, Daddy needs to be there with the family and the kids. Like, even today, I feel like I'm an outcast around everybody. Uh, even with my family and, and my mother-in-law and father-in-law, it just seems like I'm over here and they're all over there being a family. And that's just what it feels like. And, and I need to be able to get back in there. And the way to do that is to actually back off of all this stuff and get it out yeah. of my mind because it's kind of like a disease. And, and, you know, I have to read a person. I have to be on Facebook. Well, you I know have to be is, on Twitter. Oh. Is you're talking, you know, you're really talking very typical burnout. You know what I mean? Right. So you do need a rest. And, and but just say you're on a hiatus, you know, and then when you come back, you just have to, like, carve out it's a certain amount of time in this one day and leave it alone the rest of the week. And so you'll enjoy that one day for a couple of hours, whatever you're doing, you know. And, uh, and then I would encourage you to keep writing. Well, that's the thing. You know, I, I need to keep writing because, you know, I have two or three more books in me that I really yeah. need to do, but I can't I can do that, that and do this because this takes all my time. And I'm telling right. you, when I first started my group, I was putting so much hours in there because see what I, I would do it, I would give away readings, I would do past life readings or past loved one readings, and next thing you know, I'd put a topic in my group. And next thing you know, I'd get like 400, 500 people waiting for my reads. Um, and right now, my inbox, I got 250 inboxes just the other day, 250. How am I even? I can't even you keep can't up with that. You can't do it all. You can't do it all. I know, and it, yeah. it stresses you out, and it takes a lot of energy. And then just the other day, I was like, I my my Facebook board. I had eight people on there trying to talk to me. My daughter's playing cards with me. My little three year old, and then I have another guy trying to build a website for me. It's like I have all these people coming at me. They have no clue that all these other people are coming at me. So it, it's Uh-oh. really, really, really hard to try to do all that. And it's, I'm surprised I'm doing it because a lot of people would have gave up a long time ago because they can't deal with the pressure. And then I have a full-time business that I have to run with eight guys that work for me. So, And then my family. Hey, I got my family in there. So <laughs> it's just really hard. I'll be honest with you. It's really hard. But I've been doing it for the last year. But I think uh, I'm, yeah. I'm getting tired. I'm just getting tired. Yeah, you're just tired and you're having burnout. But it happens in every field. I know it keeps telling where we tell us telling us we have about a minute, so we're gonna be probably recording uh live and um just come back hold on a minute, just come back next week at six PM Pacific Standard Time. And we have a guest, uh Bill Konkolski, and he's gonna be sharing with us and uh we'll look forward to that then. And then Rick, 
uh, you're gonna you're gonna have to do that. You take care of yourself because you're feeling the urgency. So maybe the time is good now. Yes, I think it is. To you know what I mean? Because you're feeling that urgency, and that's the time to just just cool it for for a while. And people will understand. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. Ah, oh, boy, it takes a lot of. I'm gonna take a deep breath now. <laughs> yes, you can. <laughs> Well, thank you for having so me on the show. You're very welcome, and uh, I really invite. Well, I'm not going to invite you back because you can come on anytime you feel like it, really. And uh, I'm just okay. We're now just recording, so uh, I'm going to send them a note, everyone, in the chat because the uh, people in chat have been wonderful, and, and your friends have been on here, and they speak very highly of you. And uh, you know, it's it's going to be really good. This is a good thing. You know what I mean? Uh, but you're actually, uh, there might be more reason than one that maybe it's time for just a hiatus. And a hiatus is good. Oh, yeah. It well, really you, sometimes is. you just got to, it's a vacation, you got to heal yourself. You know, think of it like that. You got to yes, heal yourself or else you can actually burn yourself yeah. out completely. That's right. It's when you, it's, a hiatus is when you are actually doing good things, and then you're, but you're resting at the same time, and you, you're going to take care of your family, you're going to do real estate, which you're going to do really good at. You know, because you have a knack with people. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, I, I love to talk to people, definitely. Yeah, so you're doing good. So I just, uh, just thank you so much for being on and take time out of your day to do this. And that was really good of you to, to hang in there, you know. Oh, yeah. Well, thank you very, very much. And God bless, okay. and you have a beautiful holiday. Thank Merry you. Christmas. Happy. Merry Christmas. Take care, then. Happy in the New Year, too. All right. Take care. Uh, have a good night. Okay. Heidi. Okay, Bye. you too. Okay, bye-bye. Well, everybody, thank you so much for tuning in tonight. Uh, we've had a very interesting uh, session with Lynn, Lynn Buchanan and Rick Wade. Fabulous night. And just so everything is just so interesting tonight that I couldn't get enough uh, questions in, really. I'd like to do it all over again. So I want to thank you so much for listening in and uh, come back next week for... Uh, Another good show next Friday. And, of course, you know I do Sacred Sundays every every Sunday morning, 11 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, and we read the Bible, and uh, that's really nice, too, because I'm really getting a lot out of it. And then that's it. So uh, you can contact me on Facebook, and you can also go over and like The, Par- the Paranormal and the Sacred. It's uh, our webpage on uh, Facebook, and you can contact me through there, too. So I wish everybody good night. God bless you. Sweet dreams. See you next week. Bye-bye.